And I think we are now recording for our first podcast of 2022. Wow. I know. it's uh, We had a bit of a hiatus in December, but we're uh, back with a vengeance. And we have Austin with us. Hi, Austin. Hi, yeah. You've uh, somehow managed to dodge my uh, press ganging for a while to get onto one of these, haven't you? But <laughs> yeah, we, we got you eventually. <laughs> so, obviously, one of the things that we deal with a lot at TSF is people coming to us with ideas. And I know, Austin, you've just, uh, the little plug for you, published a blog uh, recently about uh, how startups approach us and how they turn almost a vision. Because I think you and the rest of the TSF team know a lot of the people who approach us often aren't techies, which I know can be intimidating for a lot of people and probably uh, another future episode of From the Factory Floor. But um, it's just an idea. So what was it that really prompted you to sort of go really try and delve into why how or how people turn their ideas into realities? Um, I think... A lot of people have ideas and then they never do anything about it, first of all. They think, well, that's a nice thing. And then they put it on the back burner. They don't do anything at all with it. Um, and that's probably because the idea is quite fluffy. They've got something there and it's very raw. It's very underdeveloped. And they're just not sure how they would go about uh, doing that. And then as well, there's maybe a fear of failure as well that they don't want to try to do a little bit more um, with it. So um, I thought I just wanted to give people a bit, a little bit of a structure, some things to think about that would help them to solidify those ideas and then hopefully motivate them to go and do something about it. Yeah, because I know we uh, just the other day had a chat about sort of just our own internal idea. And I mean, is it really, so when you see these ideas, what what was really the key thing for you that I think would help some founders just almost like you say solidify the idea or almost refine it to the extent where they can have the confidence in it. Yeah, I think it all really revolves around um, a, a problem that somebody wants to solve. There's an issue with something, and we all come across things like that with processes and tools that we use in everyday life and, and at work as well. We find that these things that don't quite work for us. We can talk to other people and find that it's an issue for other people as well and that they'd like to have a solution to that. And I think that if you can latch onto a problem and then find out if people are going to or, or are willing to spend some money on solving that problem, then you've got something there that could turn into a very viable business. Yeah, I think that idea of getting out with the building, I know some of the a lot of a lot of books, a lot of guides to, you know, refine your ideas is actually go and talk to people because I think the key thing you said there, you know, is almost two pieces was the idea of this, is it actually a problem for other people? not just yourself, because we all experience problems every day, you know, and there's hundreds of ways to choose, to try and change that. So it's almost, is there a problem? And then how does your solution fix it? So I guess it's that idea of almost having that sort of problem solution fit in place to really give yourself the impetus and idea that of success really, isn't it? It is absolutely. And, and like I say, it's really important to get out of the building, to try to talk to other people, um, I think there's less of that. People are less willing to do that now. They think they can do a lot of things online. Um, uh, but it's really important because then you can gauge how people, what people's reactions are when, you, when they talk about the, the problem. You can see if they're interested, 
see if they're, you know, more importantly, if they're willing to spend some money on, on it. Because if it's a problem that's a minor thing that people aren't really about worried about spending a problem, any money on, then, you know, you haven't really got anything that's going to go anywhere. Yeah, and that's almost the, always the second bit. And I think, I know when we do our sessions with our founders to help them refine their ideas is problem, solution, solution, market. Because like say, you could have, it, it could be a problem, but if no one's willing to pay to fix it, cause it's not a big enough problem. It's uh <laughs> So it's a lovely charity idea you've got there. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> but I guess going, let's delve slightly more into the problem and sort of, have you got any examples of where businesses or ideas that you've seen where they've had this idea of a problem and how they've refined that and actually seen actually this is a problem worth solving? Because I know um, looking at some of our startups that we've worked with, um, we use the example like My Online Coach where there was a real, almost a problem that you wouldn't have realized of, you know, so many coaches and they're so active. And obviously a founder like Leslie come through where their idea is to actually just help them reach out. Now, a lot of coaches probably wouldn't have known that they had an idea, had a problem around outreach. I suppose that's the interesting thing about problems, isn't it? Some of them are really smack you in the face. And some of them are, well, did you know that this is a problem? And then that's when you realise that it is. Yeah, definitely. And I think we've seen a lot of that, haven't we, recently in the last maybe five to ten years of, of marketplaces that connect it, individuals together. Um, certainly with my uh, education background, um, there's a lot of that with, with tutors and connecting tutors mm. and clients. Um, there's always a problem of finding very good people to do or to provide a service as well. So I think um, that that's one huge problem that we've seen um, a lot of uh, movement in solving it recently. Yeah, I think the whole there's been a real development recently, at least that I've seen with sort of the ideas where it is this, whether it's Airbnbs kind of prompted it or uber this idea of having outside of the legalities with uber anyway <laughs> you've you're just connecting a supply and a demand rather than necessarily being the supplier yourself i think that marketplace idea is really growing and how they develop in the future gives them a lot of scope mm. and it's now if you now what would you do in or from what you've seen when what we've done with our startups where we've kind of guided them a little bit more like how do you try and keep people on track and almost convince them that their problem is a real problem and that it's something that people will see value out of i think really um it's having a, a clear idea of what you want to achieve what you want to do what the not necessarily not necessarily the ultimate end goal but a significant way to what you want to do um because if you've got that vision of where you want to go where you want to take the business why you want to solve this problem um then that will help you to stay on track and not to deviate there's lots of things when you start delving into a business and um, uh getting into the the business model itself there's lots of ways you can take it um and particularly in the startup world it's very um can be tempting to, to pivot when you see something that you think may be a potential little problem um instead of just thinking okay i'm going to stick with what my ultimate goal is and trying to achieve that without deviating yeah i think that's something really interesting you said there and it kind of segues onto the sort of next piece nicer which is remembering 
what you're doing it for, what you're doing. And I guess to know what you're doing, you have to know who you're doing it for. Mm. And having that idea of, I think, I, I know it's a phrase I use, you can only solve the problem for 80% of people. You can't solve it for everyone. So how would you, if someone came to advice around doing this, how would you help them also identify what their ideal user actually is? That, that, what is that 80% of people? Yeah, so I think um, you've got to try and get as specific as possible. So um, what I like to do, I like to try to visualize somebody, think of, okay, this is the person. I might even give them a name. You know, I'm going to um, try to market to, to this person. And these are the things that, or these are the things that this person is interested in. So I try to list them. They're interested in, you know, X, Y, and Z. They're a particular age range. Um where they are in life, you know, are they um, a young parent? Are they older? Are they, you know, where exactly are they on that life journey? And try and get as specific as possible what their likes are, what their dislikes are. Um, and if you can really craft that customer profile, that will really help you um, to target um, what everything really that you're going to do with your business. Yeah, because I mean, we do it in our scoping sessions and even down to how these people tend to interact with technology is a huge thing because you know a million and one people will ask for an app these days and you know a lot of the times an app might be the best way like the um, idea we discussed the other day is very very mobile focused but there's just some things you don't really do on the move and actually the best way that or the way that your ideal sort of user is going to look at the system is through a desktop so I invest in, you know, Android and Apple Apple technologies or something like React where you can obviously try and push to both. I think have, if you've not got that idea of an ideal user, I don't think you can actually start to craft your goal. And the, you can know what the problem is, but you have to have a really crystal idea. And that idea of user personas is something that a lot of startups use to say, you know, here's Betty, she's a insert age here this is her habits this is how she does things at the moment and knowing how you're going to improve it for them and then going back to what we said before go go and speak to betty (laughs) you know go and get out the building and talk to them actually say do you realize that this is a problem do you realize that this is something that could be changed and asking it's why in the uh, Jake Knapp design sprints, the last day is all about testing and speaking to people because um, throughout the process, you look at how at different ways that this could be solved before you, I think it's day two when you actually select a, a potential solution. But it's all about testing things really, isn't it? Because if you want to solve a problem, you have to test. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really nice point as well about getting out and trying to talk to these people because it's one thing to to craft one of these customer personas. Um, but you're probably going to be wrong in, in quite a lot of areas. You're going to be making a lot of assumptions. Uh, so you want to meet as many people um, that you're going to be likely to target as possible to just try to really tweak that. And, and you'll probably end up having several sub-customer personas as well based on uh, differences that um, you know comes out of those talking points with people um, and I know when I've done that before when I've um, gone on the I don't know if people are aware of startup uh, weekend competition where you can 
get together with all the people and try to craft a startup idea over a weekend. Um, and you literally just go out on the street and you try to talk to people about your idea and the problem and something like that is fantastic. Yeah, and if people are looking for tools or ways of trying to do this, uh, there's a great tool, I think it's uh, Eric Ostervalder came up with the value proposition canvas. Yeah. And it's really trying to map what's your who it, you can have your personas. You can potentially have different personas because people might there might be different people who are going to use this, but it's always going to be one value proposition. You don't you want one product at the end of the day, which I guess simplifying your solution is always yeah. something that's really important as well. And what's the most simple way that's going to help both, and then eventually you can scale that and change that and pivot. But looking at sort of the pains and gains that people go through, looking at what jobs they do, looking at then trying to map that onto what your value proposition does, what's your service, gain creators, pain relievers. And then eventually you can put that into a business model canvas and kind of stretch that even more to see how it fits within the market, which is really how it's a great tool for going from problem solution market. And it's, sorry. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. And that's that's a really good point, actually, because that can really help somebody to um, really stay away from the temptation to say, well, my product, everybody would use it. Everybody would find some benefit from it. And um, that's just not true. Most people for a lot of products, if not all products, will not be interested in it. And you wanted to find, okay, what's my core section of people that would and uh, by focusing on all that I can really help you to do that instead of thinking it's just going to be mass market yeah just saying oh it works for it's good it's for everyone it's really not helpful mm, exactly. because I don't know a single product that's for everyone mm. I don't know you know whether it's I'll even use something like Spotify you know I love you I love Spotify I listen to our music or other music services streaming services are available <laughs> I know Ian will never stream mm. will never stream a piece of music in his life. He loves having the C D. Yeah. So, you know, something that can even have universal appeal isn't necessarily gonna be used by everyone. So, but, so you wanna focus on your ideal user persona mm. to try, solve the problem for them. And the, I think the key thing like you said is make make sure it's something that they're willing to pay for. Absolutely, yes, that's vital. Because if you don't do that, you're probably going to be in a position where you know you've got you've got a great idea, but and it's why I know a lot of times when we do our user testing, we always try and make sure that there's some idea of billing in it. Yeah. Because so a lot of people say, "Oh yeah, I'd pay for that." We've seen it in countless times when we've done things, and then as soon as it actually comes to putting the hand in the pocket of a user. There's always that moment where they go, am I going to get value? And that's where having your tools like your persona, your value proposition canvas, your business model canvas should really help you be in a state where you know that they will and that they see enough value and you've either solved enough pains or created enough gains. That's what they're really going to do. Absolutely, yes. You need to get to that point of somebody putting their hand in their pocket as soon as possible. Because like you say, unless they do that... um, all the good intentions in the world don't, um, you know, count for anything, do they? Yeah, I think. No, I think I'd probably say. I mean, obviously, church chairman as well, Austin. Um, I think those are the two most common problems that we see 
when we deal with our with startups and we do our scoping sessions and really help them and guide them um is that they've either not quite nailed down who they key user or users in a marketplace because you've got a supply and a demand side yeah are and who and exactly what their value proposition is exactly what it is they're solving because they're either too generic i think would you say those are the two most common problems you see as well yeah, absolutely. Like you say, people try to be a little bit too generic, very, very broad um, with those things, and they're not not focused down on the specifics. So that's really what, um, yeah, what they need to do. Yeah, I think it, it's again probably something for a future podcast more we can delve into. But I think the idea that I think people probably wait too long. Once you've eventually done all this, you've decided what your vision is, and you get to that reality. You don't need everything there day one. Get it out there see what people are saying about it and then you can start to think about I think it's, it's the great thing about technology where you are far more of an expert than I <laughs> you can do anything but you what you do, you can do anything but you don't want to just do something you, yeah absolutely and often you'll you'll think okay my ideal user will want to do this and and whatever and often you're completely wrong they'll want to do something else um so like you say being able to get something there immediately um is really good even if it's just a landing page like in the good old-fashioned um startup uh, lean startup methodology just get something there see um if people will um be interested in it yeah i think one of the, one of the best piece of advice i can give to any potential founder is outside of looking at your persona looking at your value proposition canvas business model canvas is just that i think it's one of the most important things that you can do yeah absolutely definitely yeah and especially in the early stages as well although it's slightly deviating but you can go into almost like you don't have to build all the tech right at the very beginning you can have some manual steps as well, just to see if something will work and that you can later automate. Exactly. This is, I mean, I think it's one of the things that we try and encourage our founders to do and the idea of minimum and viable. Mm. There is always going to be a seesaw in that some things you can do manually, some things you probably need to be automated. You know, you don't want to be going knocking on everyone's doors at the end of the month to give them an invoice. You know, you might want to automate, have automation, but really focus on what's the minimum thing you can do because it reduces your risk and any founders that any founders or investors that are going to look at it are then going to go you've either proved it you've got you know 100 people on a waiting list you know i think monzo was probably the best i the best way of showing that their queue system was you know i think it was the first time i've ever seen someone really act in that way to try and actually create hype and people are waiting to try and get onto this thing. And it gave them the ability to scale and know where they had to scale to. So there's a lot of different ways of users approaching it. And obviously, um, we've got a couple of events coming up. So if anyone listening to this does have any questions or wants to try and talk to any of us about sort of the process or any advice, or you've got an idea and want to try and really validate it, or you want to actually turn this into a reality, Obviously, I think it's on the 23rd and the 2nd of March, 23rd of Feb and the 2nd of March. So I'll say everyone uh, feels to turn up. But I think just to wrap up Austin, because I know we're coming towards that time now. If you if there was one piece of advice or one key thing that you'd want every founder who talks to us to do beforehand, what would that be? 
Um, I think it would be really, don't focus so much on the actual problem or, or rather on the solution that you think you have. Um, but focus more on the problem and about why you want to solve this problem as well, really. Um, I'm a big fan of um, the book Start With Why by um, Simon Sinek. Um, if anybody's not watched his, um, his, te- his TED Talk, it's a fantastic one to watch um, because we automatically think about what a business, what a company is going to do as opposed to why it's going to do it. Um, and there's a great example. I like the, um, the shoe company Tom's where, um, okay, they're a shoe company. There's loads of shoe companies in the world, but they, they're, um, they're driven by wanting to, um, provide, um, you know, do charity work and to provide, you know, to have business as a model to then help disadvantaged people. Um, and they donate one pair of shoes for every, every pair of shoes that somebody buys. So, um, if you're really crystal clear on what you want to do and why you want to do it. Um, everything else will just follow from that, really. Yeah, I think uh, that's a really good piece of advice. I mean, I know Ian always says, you know, money's always the applause when it comes to these things. It's not the reason for doing it. So I'd really have a think about your motivation for wanting to do a startup. And I honestly, I'd echo exactly what you said is don't focus on the solution. There's going to be a million different ways to f- solve your problem but just make sure that your problem is worth solving and make sure that people want that problem solved and realize the value in that problem being solved. So it really is get out of the building and go and talk to people. I Honestly, I, and if any founders who've done that, and we've had a lot of them have done that and they've often been the ones that we've worked with. Once they've come into it, they've got such a strong case for in terms of getting investment for generating excitement around their product because they I've spoken to 10 people today about this and here's here's all the feedback and there's so many tools you can do that with like finding your ideal use like we said the business model canvas google forms is a great way of just survey monkey so many ways of trying to reach out to people if even without getting out the building but just talk to people that's always yeah and that'll form a nice story as well like say when you're talking to potential investors or just other people when you're trying to get them excited about your business and it's those stories um that excite people isn't it people still do business with people um and they want to see that humanized and they want to see that human face to it and so the more you can do to that the better yeah it might be a tech business but it's people who are going to use it absolutely that's that's the soundbite for this one fella (laughs) well thanks very much austin for uh, coming on again and i'm sure we'll be speaking to you very soon and um Thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.